What is up? Welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Excited to have you with me this week. We had a fantastic weekend of football this past week. What 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 more could you ask for in the conference championship round of the playoffs? But two overtime games, both different. One, the coin toss winner could not win, and the other, the coin toss winner won, which broke out an outrage and <laughs> and controversy. And that's beside the point. Just fantastic. Awesome to have you here. Can't wait to get into today's show. We have a lot in store. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. Everybody has someone that they hate is a strong word that they dislike, genuinely dislike. And you have no idea. You can't name a good reason why. It's one of those, let's say you work in sales. And, and there's, there's this person that works with you that is just great at what they do, a great salesman or woman, and, and you're working your butt off. You're doing, and you're, you're doing good. You're doing well, but you're not like them. Gosh, I hate that, that Billy Bob over there. He just thinks he's the best. He just sells everything, and, I mean, he's broken a ton of records in our company, and he's been great at it for years. And no one's really ever dethroned him, but but I just don't like him. Well, why? He's he's a nice guy, really good at his job, good family, got everything. I mean, he's he's really nice. I just don't like him. There's something about him. Don't like him. Oh wait, I know why. It's because he's better. He's he's good at what he does. He's great at what he does. Or let's just say, let's say you're into gardening. I don't know, just gardening. Yeah. Gosh, that Joanne. She is just a, she, I don't like her. She is, she's annoying. Why? She's really sweet. She's great gardener. Everything she touches grows. She's got a great family. Sweetest lady. Why don't you like her? I I don't know. She's just annoying. I don't like her. It's because she's a better gardener than you. (laughs) You're just not on her level and you resent her for it. Uh, Let's say you're in school, college, high school, doesn't matter. And you're a good student. You work hard. You study. You do your projects. But there's this one person that is just a straight-A student. They're the smartest kid in the class. Everybody knows it. But we just read, oh, that that Donnie, he's just, he's always getting A's. It's so, it's so annoying. What? I, I work really hard. Why is he always getting A's? Uh, he's so annoying. I, I don't like him. Don't like him. Why? He's a really nice kid. He's pretty much friends with everybody. I mean, nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Why, why don't you like him? I don't know. Just don't like him. He's annoying. I know. It's because he works harder than you. He gets better grades than you, and you resent him for it. We all have it. We've had this happen to us, and, and there's somebody out there that doesn't like us the same way because we, maybe we're better at something, or maybe we just rub them the wrong way, and there's no reason no good reason for them not to like us, but we all have someone out there that resents us, and we all have someone we resent in this way. Tom Brady has a lot of resenters just like this. He is the kid in class getting straight A's. He is the salesperson who has been great at their job for years, 19 years to be exact. 
He is the gardener that anything he touches grows. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, I could go ahead and say he's the greatest player of all time, but I haven't, though that may be true, that's not something I've researched or thought about, so I have no I have no stance on that. He is, hands down, the greatest quarterback of all time, however, and this will probably be the only time I discuss it on this show because he's been the greatest for two, three years now, and, and it's really been not, it really hasn't been debatable for three or four years, but I will touch on it because he has now stamped his ticket to his ninth Super Bowl in his career, and I think that just that deserves a segment. That deserves me talking about him. Tom Brady has put himself third all-time on the all-time touchdowns list in his career. Now, he will finish first or second. Him and Drew Brees are battling it out. Drew Brees has 520. Tom has 517. He'll finish first or second. Him and Drew Brees are going to be one and two at the end of their career, which they're both coming up on it, both in their 40s. Uh, Tom is also fourth all-time in yards. Again, the only quarterback right now he's battling with is Drew Brees, who is in first and probably won't give up that first spot. He's he's ahead of Tom by about 4,000 yards. But Tom will finish in second all-time. So before he is done, he will be second all-time in yards and first or second in touchdowns. He is also right now fourth all-time in passer rating, three guys in front of him. Breeze again, Wilson and Rodgers. That's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so depending on how Russell and Aaron Rodgers play over the next few years and how Breeze plays over the, the last couple years of his career and how Tom plays, Tom could end up number one in that category. He's probably going to finish right about where he's at, second or third, maybe fourth. Um, but still, top four all-time in all three of those important categories. Now, you, you could say, honestly – He's battling with Breeze, and Breeze is ahead of him in all three of those categories right now, so why not Breeze for best all-time? I would love to say that because I love Drew Breeze. He just doesn't have the rings, and and I hate making arguments about rings, but when stats are so close like that, you have to turn to rings. If If Breeze was just blowing Tom away and everything, which he's not, the only thing you can really say he has a good lead on is, is yards in in his career, and it's only, again, it's by three, 4,000, which is about a season, but Tom also missed a whole season with a with his knee injury. So we could very easily say that was the year after his career year when he went 16-0. We could easily say, bring him back again. He could have another career year. He could be ahead of Breeze in that. Touchdowns, he could be ahead of Breeze in everything. So that being said, you, you got to turn to rings. And, and Brady's had nine shots at rings. He'll have his ninth in about a week and a half. And he's he's got five. Okay, he might finish with six, not finish with six. He, he may finish with more, but he may have six in the next week, week and a half. So I, it's just inarguable. The only person that, that can kind of compares with as far as rings go, you can kind of bring up Terry Bradshaw, you can bring up Joe Montana, but neither of them have the statistics. And I know it was a different NFL, different day, but but neither of them have close to the statistics. Uh something else I love about Brady, and it took me a long time to be able to say that, that I, I, I do, I enjoy watching Tom Brady, and I enjoy what he's done and what he's doing, especially in his older age. The guy's such a great player, but I would almost argue he's a better teammate, and he has been over the course of his career. I mean, if you look right now, he's the 11th highest paid quarterback in the league, the, the GOAT, 
is the 11th highest paid quarterback in the league because he took a pay cut so that his team could pay other players so that they can compete for a Super Bowl. Who, who's doing that? No one's doing that. Jimmy Garoppolo is going and playing, what, two and a half games for the Patriots, playing pretty good, and then went and played five games with the 49ers in his first year there after healing from, from his injury. He, he leads him to five wins. Didn't have great gameplay. I mean, his gameplay wasn't great. It was okay. And he gets the, a huge quarterback contract, and then gets hurt. So now he's an injury-prone quarterback. We don't even know if he's going to be any good. He looks good. He's a good quarterback. He, 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 has, the, he has the talent. But is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to perform? Who knows? And he's got, he was the highest-paid quarterback in the league this year. Tom takes pay cuts so that his team can continue, continue to compete. Now, I know a lot of you out there, are just thinking to yourself, it's this is disgusting. I hate Brady. Again, that's a you problem. That's not a Brady problem. That's not. I hated Brady too, and I just decided to enjoy what he's doing. A lot of you that have that stance of how oh I hate Brady. It's it's just the system. Bill Belichick just put him in a system that can that can set him up for success like this. I mean, you're not wrong. Bill Belichick is a genius. He's the best coach of all time. But what great quarterback didn't have a system? There's not one. I'll just name a few off the bat. Montana had Walsh. Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick's the greatest, co- the, co- the greatest coach of all time. Bill Walsh is hands down the greatest offensive mind of all time. He developed a, the West Coast offense. He developed what we have turned into the NFL offense today. Manning had Dungey. Dunny, Dungey is fantastic. He built a winning organization in Tampa, left. John Gruden got the credit for the Super Bowl. And then he went and won a lot of games in Indianapolis with with Peyton Manning. Now, Peyton Manning's great, and he would have been great without Tony Dungy, but he wouldn't be who he is now. Marino had Shula, arguably the second greatest coach of all time, because I believe he was the greatest, not just being a Dolphin fan. I believe he's the greatest coach of all time before Belichick did what he did. And then on top of that, he had Jimmy Johnson, who is another one of the at least top 10 greatest coaches of all time. So Marino had a great system. Favre had Holmgren. Holmgren had Favre. I think you'd say both. They both made each other great. Elway had Reeves. Fantastic coach. And Drew Brees has Sean Payton, one of the best offensive minds, again, of all time. So you can't, it's impossible. I I truly, I challenge you. you. If you know me and you can think of a, quarter a great quarterback that has not had a great coach don't give me Rodgers all right McCarthy is a fine head coach don't give me Aaron Rodgers (laughs) I don't want to hear it every great quarterback has a great coach and a great system that they're playing in and besides if you want to bring up the system argument why didn't Belichick's system work in Cleveland why was he fired and why was he on his way to probably being pushed out the door in New England. He, he, he started off terrible. I believe he started 5-11 and 11 in New England his first season there with Bledsoe. And Bledsoe's a fine quarterback. So why didn't it work in those two places? Well, the difference is Brady. Belichick is a great coach, and he has developed a great system. But he needed a great quarterback for that system to work properly. And I don't want to hear this Matt Castle deal. Okay, Matt Castle went 11-5 and five in this Bill Belichick system. That's how great it is. And then he was a bomb afterwards. I don't want to hear that. He went 11 and 5 with a team that Brady took to 16 and 0 the year before with the same roster virtually. So that's a 16 and 0 roster to 11 and 5 in one offseason because of a Brady injury in the first game of the season. So it, it's just the system argument's terrible. 
Tom Brady's the GOAT. There is absolutely no arguing it, and I would love anybody to challenge that. Stop hating and just sit back and enjoy greatness because we're not going to see anything like this again. And as much as you hate the Patriots, as much as you hate Tom Brady, as much as you hate Bill Belichick, it's something to behold. Enjoy it. All right, moving off of a little Brady-Belichick talk, let's move right in to who I believe, at least in the AFC, but I think in the league, will be kind of the the duo, the quarterback-coach duo to kind of take that torch from Bill Belichick and Brady. As we know, they're both coming to their end. Brady, as good as he is, he's not going to play until his 50s. He may go till 45 like he says he wants to, but even so, that's a, that's three, four years away. So who is going to kind of take the reins? Now, we could go with the take of, oh, really nobody. It's going to be a lot more even of a league once they're out of the league. It's just going to be kind of back and forth between some teams at the top. I don't believe so. I believe the coach-quarterback duo that has the best chance to have a Brady-Belichick run, it won't be as great, but it will be, I think, you know, the next 10 years could be very good and hard to beat and go to a lot of Super Bowls is Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Now, they just lost to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, but in the, the way they lost was fantastic. I mean, if <laughs> as weird as that is to say, because losing is never fantastic, but they were absolutely obliterated in the box score. I mean, yards, not even close to the Patriots. Time of possession, not even close to the Patriots. First downs, not even close to the Patriots. And they took the Patriots to overtime. There's something to be said about that, and not to mention this whole season, just what they did together. So let's take a look at, I mean, first of all, Andy Reid, why why could he be the coach to kind of take that torch from Belichick? He wins over 61% of his games. That is so hard to do in the NFL. He is a fantastic head coach. Now, he's not been good in the big ones. He's not been good in the playoffs. He's not been good in, I believe he was in the one Super Bowl with the Eagles. He, he lost to the Patriots. So he's not been good in big games. But he's also never had a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. Donovan McNabb was good. He's He wasn't Pat Mahomes. And Alex Smith is probably, if you're looking at game-managing quarterbacks, that you just say, hey, don't turn the ball over, don't lose the game, just go and manage the offense. Alex Smith's probably the best one that's ever done it. He, he's fantastic. He's not a blow-you-away quarterback, but he's he's very capable of leading a team to the playoffs. He's never had a Pat Mahomes-like quarterback. Mahomes is fantastic, and we know he's going to remain fantastic, and he is a legit quarterback in this league, and he's not just this kind of blip on the radio or, or some type of like fluke this season. And this is how I know. You typically see that these young guys that come in and they're just, they just, exp they light the league on fire their first few games. We actually saw it this year with Lamar Jackson. He was fantastic, and then teams kind of figured him out, and then the Chargers made him look absolutely incompetent. And, and I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be good, but the Chargers really took advantage of him and, and kind of, they bottled him up. Mahomes did the did not do that. Okay, you look at Mahomes' first eight games compared to his last eight games this season, and he's virtually the same quarterback. His first eight, and that's usually how about how long it takes. These young quarterbacks come in, they play eight games, they light it up, and then they totally regress in the last half of the season. Mahomes had over twenty five hundred yards passing in the first eight games, sixty five point nine completion percentage, twenty six touchdowns, and six 
interceptions. The last eight games, a little more than he had the first eight games in yards, 2,571 yards. A little better completion percentage, 66.4%. Two less touchdowns, 24 touchdowns, and six interceptions. The same that he had in the first eight games. The dude didn't go away. They didn't figure him out. He played just as well and a little better in areas such as accuracy and yards, barely, than he did the first season or the first eight games of the season. So they didn't figure him out, which means he's he's not just a fluke. He can play. He, he's a he's a stud. Something else I looked at is they've got they already had weapons on the team: Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Really, really talented weapons on the team. But something else that I noticed about Mahomes is that he helped those players, specifically Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, he helped them have career years. They have not had as successful of a season as they had this year with Pat Mahomes. Both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had career seasons this year. And I think he's just going to continue to do that. I think what we saw this year from them is going to be kind of the norm if they're able to pay them and keep them together for the next few years. And if not, I think it just shows that Pat Mahomes is capable, like Tom Brady, of elevating people to the next level. So even if they do have to let go of them, they're going to bring people in and they're going to get better around Pat Mahomes. And then we have to look at his competition over the next few years. What are the, some of these kind of teams that are looking really good right now that we think will be around for a while? Well, first you've got Andrew Luck and Frank Reich, who looked fantastic this year until they got to the playoffs. Andrew Luck is a world-class talent. I don't think he was fully healthy for this whole season, but he got there, and then he just looked really bad in the playoffs. Cold weather, he, he just didn't look good. Frank Reich, Frank Reich looks like the real deal as a coach. He has done great things with this team. They have the biggest budget this offseason, over $100 million to spend, and they've got a ton of draft picks. So they're going to be able to reload, rebuild. This, I think, will be Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid's biggest rival over the next few years. But... How much do we know about Frank Reich? We don't know enough yet. Okay, so I'm not going to say that they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. I think this will be very similar to Peyton Manning and the Colts against Tom Brady and the Patriots early on in kind of the prime of their careers where the Colts were always there but were not – we really didn't keep up with the Patriots. I mean, they they did in a way, but as far as Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, they didn't really keep up. And the Patriots, Tom Brady always got the best – of Peyton Manning, except for a, f- a couple games. So I think it's going to be very similar to that, where Andrew Luck is and, and Frank Reich are going to be kind of the biggest thorn in the Chiefs' side, but they won't be able to stay on the same level. Then you got Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien in, with the Texans. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be a playoff contender every single year unless they can do something about their running game, which is very inconsistent and get a couple more weapons for Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, but but really that's kind of it. He doesn't have a really good second go-to guy. I mean, Will Fuller's okay, but but he really hasn't shown that he could stay healthy and stay consistent. Then you got Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens. Again, we have no idea about Freddie Kitchens. He ran a really good offense last year, but that's all we know. We don't know if he can be a head coach. We have no idea. And then we don't know if Baker's going to regress. I don't think he will. I think he's a little too accurate. And he's kind of the perfect kind of blend of, of skills for the NFL right now. 
He's very accurate. Doesn't have a huge arm, but can push it down the field and gets it there with good timing. But but we don't know. We'll have to see what he does next year in his sophomore season. You've got Big Ben and Mike and and Mike Tomlin. I Ben could be on his way out soon. He already threatened to retire a couple years ago, and he's getting older. So I mean, we don't know how long he's got left. Mike Tomlin, on the other hand, it constantly seems like him and the Steelers organization are like back and forth. Like, are we firing him? Are we keeping him? Are we firing? It's like it feels like two or three times a year during the season we hear that they're possibly thinking about moving on from him. And, and so, so what's going on with that situation? We have no idea. Philip Rivers and Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. Again, kind of same thing as Ben Roethlisberger. How long does Philip Rivers have left? We don't know. He's, he's getting old. He looks really good. He had a great season, and he could play for a few years longer. But And on top of that, Anthony Lynn, he really hasn't proved that he can be a consistently good head coach. He, I think he's really good and really ha- has a bright future at times, it, it appears. But then at other times, he just makes these decisions, and you're like, I don't know. Are you head coach or are you not? And then last but not least, at least from what we can see of looking at this season, is Lamar Jackson and and Harbaugh with, with the Ravens. Again, Harbaugh was almost done with the Ravens this season, and then Lamar came in and had some good games, and they kind of now they're offer. I read somewhere that they might be extending them if they haven't already. Uh, so, and then on top of that, Lamar Jackson can he learn to stay in the pocket? deliver a good accurate football on time he got better at it this year as it went on can he continue to get better this offseason and become a really really good throwing football quarterback because um, he can run for days but that's it's just that's not going to win in this league even back in the day with Michael Vick when running was more uh, of a game plan in the NFL I mean now it is a it's a passing league now when it was kind of uh, uh, run it down your throat game and Michael Vick was that kind of extra piece, extra supplement to the running game, even they didn't, they, they never won a Super Bowl. I don't even know if they got to one. I don't believe they ever got to one. So, I mean, now it, more than ever, it, it's he can't just be a running quarterback. He's got to be able to throw the football really well. That being said, I mean, besides the Colts every once in a while kind of possibly knocking the Chiefs off, I think the next 10 years in the AFC East, again, once Brady and Belichick are done, which they might have two or three more years left, uh, but even even in those two or three years, I think they're gonna. Ch- I think the Chiefs are gonna challenge the Patriots really well, like they did this season. Um, but once they're done, I can easily see the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid going on a ten to twelve year run where they're they're going to Super Bowls often. I could see them getting to three or four. They're a very good team. Defense could be better, but it really turned it on in the playoffs. They looked a lot better in the playoffs. Um, and they've got a great offensive line with a really good running game. I mean, when when Hunt was gone and he just, just wasn't there, we, we expected the running game not to be there. We expected them to kind of just rely even more on Pat Mahomes and, and where they still relied on him a lot like they had the whole season. Damian Williams picked right where where Hunt left off, where Kareem Hunt left off, and they looked fine. I really, really like the Chiefs the next few years. All right, it's been almost a week since the playoff game, the the Saints and the Rams, and uh, I mean it's been you know five six days, and we are still discussing this no called this non called pass interference that absolutely should have been called. It was heinous, it was obvious, and how it didn't get called. Not to mention 
how the pass interference didn't get called, but but at least if you're not going to call the pass interference, how did the helmet to helmet not get called? Absolutely boggles my mind. That being said, I am going to say something before I talk about what I want to talk about that might annoy some people. The Saints could have still won the game. There were a few penalties that should have been called against the Saints early on in the game that sh- that took points off the games or off the board for the Rams. We're not talking about that because it didn't happen in the manner that it happened for the Saints. It didn't happen at the end of the game with regulation coming to an end. It happened early in the game. But there was a face mask that literally took points away from the Rams because they ended up settling for a field goal instead of getting the 15-yard penalty, first down, would have been first and goal. They could have scored a touchdown, which would give them four extra points. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the the pass interference that wasn't called. I just want to say they had plenty of our, the, the game was poorly called both ways and the Saints won the coin toss in overtime and couldn't do anything with it with Drew Brees. And I, we got to put a lot of that on Drew Brees. He, he, they could not move the football. The Rams then get the ball, get what yards they needed, and Zerlin kicked a fantastic field goal to win the game. Now, what's being talked about in the media now everywhere I'm seeing it, is talks of the NFL changing the replay rules so that you can replay or or challenge, that coaches can challenge penalties or non-penalties in this situation. And I'm seeing the argument, a few arguments. It would take too long. It would, it would take away from the game. It would give coaches too much power. How could they question referees like that? Well, referee's call is a referee's call. <laughs> these arguments are terrible. Absolutely a coach should be able to call or to challenge a play on a penalty or non-penalty. Why not? What's the difference in coaching power and taking away from the refs between a penalty or non-penalty and a touchdown or non-touchdown? There is none, no difference. The, the ref makes a call or a non-call and the coach challenges on a touchdown, on a first down, on whatever it is, an interception. The ref makes a call, the coach challenges. So how does it give the coach too much power if the ref so the ref makes a bad call on a touchdown? Coach challenges, it gets reversed. Ref makes a bad call on a penalty. Why the heck can a coach challenge and have it be reversed? And I think they're going to fix this this offseason. I think they're going to allow it. I'd be shocked if they don't, especially after this play or in this game. But it's not going to make it too long. That's a terrible argument, too. Too long. What do you mean? We're not going to give that. We're not going to say, okay, you have two challenges to challenge whatever play you want besides penalties, and then you get 10 challenges to challenge penalties. We're not going to do that. That You would still have your two challenges for the game. You can just challenge whatever you want. You can challenge a silly five-yard penalty if you want and waste a challenge early in the game, which coaches wouldn't do, by the way. They would save their challenges for important points in the game, like this one. I mean, it's it's not going to make the game too long. You're going to still have the two challenges you have. You've wasted them, you waste them. Then it also gives the power to the officials. If they think the officials upstairs in New York, wherever it goes to when they challenge, when they within two minutes when a coach can't challenge and the booth reviews it themselves... It gives them the power to be able to say, hold up. Instead of calling the coach after the game, like they did for Sean Payton, and saying, 
hey, we blew the call. Our bad. No. They can call down during the game and say, hold up. This play is blatant. We need to look at this and get get it right. And then on top of that, you, you look at it, both this and the face mask happened within two minutes. One was in the first half, one was in the second half. So then the Rams one would have been challenged too, and they would get their points. The, the game would be so much more fair. So... That's really all I have to say about this. I just think it's silly that we're are even that people are even arguing about it because it's kind of it's kind of simple. If you can challenge a ref in his touchdown call or his first down call or his interception call or non-call, why the heck can't you challenge him on a penalty? They're human. And goodness gracious, we know they get stuff wrong a lot because I mean it's just kind of like a stereotype like, "Oh, ref, are you blind or ref are you this, you that? Refs are terrible. It's a stereotype. I mean, kids grow up knowing to do it from, I coach Little League, and they know to, like, it's just kind of inbred in them that, oh, the refs are against us. And they're not, but they make a lot of wrong calls. So let's let's give coaches the power to try to get it right at least twice a game. All right. We're moving right into our last segment of the day. And uh, we're gonna, we're gonna jump back to quarterbacks. I know we talked last week about the incoming quarterbacks to the to the draft. Still love Kyler Murray. I did get to see Drew Locke throw at the Senior Bowl or Senior whatever it was Senior Day. I got to see him throw a little bit, not in person, just videos. Um, and man, yeah, he can rip it. He can he can rip it, as they would say. I saw a lot of writers talking that Drew Locke, he's the next Dan Marino. That ball jumps off of his hand. He throws it with zip. He's got a cannon. I had to break it to you. He throws a good football. He throws a hard football. He's powerful. He's got a really big arm. He's talented. He's pretty accurate overall as well. But he's he makes some silly decisions sometimes because of how strong his arm is. And I hate again. I'm gonna say I hate to break it to the NFL. I hate to break it to all these writers that oh ooh, he's the next next Dan Marino. He's the next Montana. He's the next Terry Bradshaw. That style quarterback is done, okay? If Marino or Favre, and this could rub people the wrong way, Marino or Favre, Bradshaw, any if those guys were playing today, they'd be Jay Cutler. <laughs> they'd be Cam Newton. And Cam's a lot better than Jay Cutler. I, I, I like Cam a lot, but but he's got this insanely powerful arm. And makes silly decisions because of it. And is not very accurate. And that's not the NFL. The NFL used to be push the ball down the field 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards. Big plays, big plays, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Big plays, big plays. It's not that anymore. Look at the past five Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Nick Foles. Not a big arm. Tom Brady. Not a huge arm. Peyton Manning. It's another quarterback that's won in the past five Super Bowls. He was donezo. He did not have the arm he used to. In his prime, yes, he did. And in his prime, that was that was the thing for quarterbacks to be, was to have big arms. But not only that, Peyton Manning was just a freak. He could, he could throw the ball on a dime. He, he was fantastic. But but he won a Super Bowl in the past five years. He does not. He did not have a big arm. Tom Brady before him again. And Russell Wilson, not known for his big arm. Russell Wilson can sling it. Russell Wilson is very accurate and very smart. And that's why he's a great quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm. Got a good arm. Good enough. He's got plenty of zip on it. He doesn't have a huge arm. He doesn't have a 
He doesn't have a Cam Newton arm. That that big cannon arm is so overrated in the NFL today. We just look at these guys coming in like, look at that. Remember Jamarcus Russell? Dude could like throw 70 yards from his knees. He's now the biggest bust in NFL history. He, he's awful. He was terrible. It's obsolete. And that was back when that was kind of the still, it was still on uh, the popular thing to have was a big arm quarterback. And he was still awful. This year's Super Bowl winner, so now it'll be the past six, is either going to be Jared Goff or Tom Brady. Neither have a huge arm. Jared Goff throws a beautiful football. Jared Goff can push it down the field. He, he could, he, I mean, he had a 40, 50 yard pass in the air. This past week, he can throw the ball, but he doesn't have a huge arm. He's not known for his huge arm. He's known for his accuracy and his beautiful decision-making, his beautiful football that he throws. And the same goes for Tom Brady. I mean, he's become, he's so smart. He, he knows how to adapt to the game. He he had his time with Randy Moss where he pushed it down the field. Now, gets it to Edelman, gets it to Gronk, gets it to James White underneath five, six, seven-yard routes, sometimes just bubble screens, and lets him go to work. He gets it to his playmakers. Patterson, I mean, he, he just he gets it to his playmakers on these short routes and lets them work, lets them do their thing. Now, you could say, well, so he's just throwing these short passes. How could he still be a great quarterback? It's because he's a genius. He, he's controlling everything pre-snap, and he's he knows where he's going with the football. And if it's not there, he goes through his progression. He makes the right decision. He's smart. That's what is important in today's NFL. It's smart quarterbacks who are incredibly precise and accurate and can get the ball out fast. That's what is winning right now. I mean, you look at, that's why Breeze and Brady are both in their 40s and were both top five quarterbacks in the league this year. Okay, and they're in their 40s. It's because they don't need these huge arms anymore. And Breeze never had one. And he's, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion, top three to five. You don't need a huge arm. It's all. I think it's always been a little overrated, but it's definitely overrated now. Most quarterbacks, especially the successful ones right now, I mean, we. I just proved it. The past six Super Bowls, once this Super Bowl's over, will be all quarterbacks that don't have huge arms. That's six years it's been since a quarterback with a big arm has won the Super Bowl. Look at all the big arms in the league right now. Cam Newton lost the Super Bowl to Peyton Manning, who didn't at the time have a big arm. Aaron Rodgers can't get back. I mean, you've got these guys with these huge arms. Jake Cutler fizzled out, out of the league. I mean, they're just, it's not necessary. Now, Pat Mahomes, and I will say Aaron Rodgers, are outliers. They're not the rule. They are the exceptions because they are freaks because they both have these ginormous arms that can throw the ball wherever they need to, wherever they want to, but with absolute world-class accuracy. Both of them are accurate, and both of them are incredibly smart. So both of them have the capability to go and win a Super Bowl with their big arms. But it, but, but I promise you, it's not because they have big arms. It's because they are smart, and they are very accurate with the football. Accuracy and intellect at the quarterback position, now more than ever, but I think always, has been the most important thing. Get over these guys with huge arms that make silly decisions and can't hit the broadside of a barn. 
All right, that's all I've got today. It has been a blast hanging with you. Thanks so much. I want to start something new. I know the football season's coming to a close. I'll start talking more basketball and, and try to throw in some other sports. But that being said, I would love to invite any of you to go ahead and jump in my direct messages on Twitter. That's going to be at take it, leave it, B-H, at take it, leave it, B-H. Drop me a DM with any comments, questions, topic ideas, if you have anything you want me to touch on, and I'll probably start doing some type of mailbag thing, uh, especially during this football offseason, so we can have some stuff to talk about. I want you guys to be included. I want it to feel like a conversation. I'll read a few every week. If I don't get any, I'll just keep babbling about what I want to talk about, and that's cool too. But if I get some of them, I'll start reading them. I'd love to hear from you guys. Again, that's all I got. You can take it or leave it. We'll talk to you next week. Have a safe and awesome weekend.